to me, this is like just being a better, healthier human. It's like, why are we not quantifying this stuff anyway? Why is this stuff we're not doing every day? Why are we looking at it as something that's different over here? This weird disciplined lifestyle. To me, we just took everything a step further, refined it, learned how to utilize these properties, these tools, these components, and then implement them into a lifestyle that benefit us. Bodybuilding about selfies, steroids, magazines, and muscles? How do I become a successful pro bodybuilder or fitness competitor? Where do I even start if I'm new? And the biggest question of all, what are the judges looking for anyway? Even today with the internet, many people first discover bodybuilding by word of mouth. The lack of regulation has caused a boom of unqualified coaches, scattered info, biased advice, dangerous protocols, and posing trends that are a hot mess. After 20 years in the business, I have seen it all. Week after week, I'm going to talk about taboo topics that get swept under the rug, provide you tips and strategies to gain a competitive edge and stand out on stage in any division or federation. I'm going to answer all the burning industry questions without the bias. I have competed across six federations, earned pro status in three, and judged in two. I've coached posing and choreography for men and women in all federations and divisions. I know just how much competing means to you. I'm your host, Michelle Welcome, and you are listening to the Everything Else in Bodybuilding podcast. Be sure to download your free guide, Five Things Every Bodybuilder and Fitness Competitor Needs to Know Before Your Next Show at eeinbb.com. That's www.eeinbb.com. The topic for today is actually how to live a bodybuilding lifestyle. What does it even mean to live a bodybuilding lifestyle? And I have to say, did you see the little chat that we had going? You might have missed it because he's been wiring things all morning. Did you see the chat? So we have people in the group in their 60s that are getting ready to compete with their kids. What? Multiple, yes, multiple people in the group are getting ready to compete. There's somebody in the group who's getting to getting ready to compete with his mother. Wow. And we have a mother wow. getting ready to compete with her son. Okay. So if that doesn't say what a bodybuilding Very lifestyle, cool. like if you're not a testament to what a bodybuilding lifestyle is, I don't know what is. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Pretty cool. Lifestyle. Kind of the key so that's, phrase that's here. So <laughs> that's what we're trying to talk about, like how to live. Basically, how do you make so this something that's like how, how do we do this every day for the rest of our life? Is that what we're trying to talk about? Yes. Okay. All right. And we have families and friends and relatives who are all joining in and jumping on board and throwing things and pushing things and pulling things. Because that's what we do at the gym. <laughs> if you want to talk about a lifestyle, there's like not much to do. We pick things up. We push things around. We pull things towards us. Once in a while, we try to pull maybe ourselves or things down. But well, you that's could... about it, really. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think also even like your conversations end up having um, a lot of relevance around your workouts. Like our walk this morning, oh you were telling God. me about your it's 800 It's never ending. Jesus press. Christ. Are we going to do anything else besides talk about bodybuilding? <laughs> Can we have a life, please? Oh, it is our life. It is our life. That's right. She's like, you know what? I was thinking about maybe not going to the gym this morning, and maybe we can go this afternoon instead. See? Wow. Yeah. You know, is there anything else you want to do? Well, we got to eat. Oh, okay. Well, there's, well, there's that too, I guess, right? Well, see, for us, and, and everybody's <laughs> journey is, is different than others, but for us, I mean, we don't drink, we don't go to bars, we're not bar flies, we're not bar people, we're not that, we're just not that energy. So 
for us, we finally, after 10 years, <laughs> we finally decided that what we need to do is accept that we love the gym, that we yes. love to exercise, yes. we love to work out, but you can't do it all the time. So what, did we, what have we done as of recent? How many gym memberships do we now have? Uh, I think we're up to four or five in this state. Uh, I'm not sure throughout the country. We've canceled and started about 18. Thought at one point we were going to drive to New York because it's so close to Connecticut, which it is. It's all right. But we're like, oh, we'll go there every day, every other day. There's a gym there. We like it. We're going to sign up for this thing. Oh, my God, they're having this deal. It's great. Yeah. We totally did that. So we drove Once. to this gym in New York City, which was really, it was a real dope vibe. I mean, they have a live DJ going a couple, three times a week. It's kind of like a dark ambiance. There's amazing um, artwork throughout the whole gym. It's a vibe. So we were like, yeah, we can totally do this on our days off. It only takes us two and a half hours to get there. <laughs> yeah, two and a half hours there and then two and a half hours back, not to mention the workout. And did I mention we have to eat, right? Like, because that's the lifestyle. Okay. All right. So let's back up a little bit. So we're a little <laughs> obsessed with the gym. It's pretty much all we do. We work out. We hang out here and talk about workouts. We're designing another workout right now. And now, now. with you guys. And, and now we're talking with you about it. And uh, So if you have nobody to talk to about it, you have us. That's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I kind of mess around with music once in a while, and uh, that's about it. That's our life, so. And look, we actually, um, we have Shauna here. She's getting ready to compete. What's she's up, Shauna? Soon to be 59. See, we've got people. We had that's somebody awesome. ask. She's in her 60s today, and yeah. she asked if she's, um, she's thinking about competing, has always wanted to compete. Should she do it? Oh my God. Okay, so let's yes. let's preach a little bit. So what's it really mean to live a bodybuilding lifestyle? So I've talked to quite a few different competitors uh, throughout the time of knowing Michelle. I've obviously I've spent a lot of time with her and I've gotten into a, a, a lot of different facets in the different lanes that exist within the sport. And it seems to be that in my, my opinion, there's the diehards, which obviously you're getting the first glimpse of here. Um, and then you have kind of stragglers people who are coming in and out of the life who who set goals who come in maybe they're on a weight loss journey maybe they they've been in and out of sports their their life and different types of you know events or teams or different types of just sports in general um but you don't really see people attacking this but this particular subject or sport in the context like michelle and i do and that's that this is the lifestyle that this is the rest of our life um you know and i think this kind of ties back into a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about with mindset, setting yourself up for post-show blues, setting yourself up with long-term expectations and short-term expectations to not, you know, be overzealous about what it is you want to do or where you're going and things of that nature. I think that's the biggest difference. This isn't a hobby for us. This is something that we take seriously kind of like, well, sleeping, eating, drinking water, you know, like brushing your teeth. It's just something we do every day that we know we want to do it's something we love and the health benefits for it long term are well they're unquestionable if you ask me so in fact last weekend there was a competitor on the npc stage competing at the masters world championships and he was 91. wow 91 years old and he had better hamstrings than 20 year olds <laughs> <laughs> i mean just if uh, and again to have this be a lifestyle it just shows you that if you do it right you can do this for the rest of your life yeah and it's about how you approach it. So there is the journey to the competition, okay? But the competition comes and goes very quickly. It's the rest of the year. I mean, there are coaches out there who will require, not, not in a bad way, 
but in a, in, a, in a helpful way that will require it like a two-year off-season before a natural bodybuilder, mm. that is, a two-year off-season to actually make some gains before they start get preparing you for another show. Because this isn't just a torpedo into a show and then it's all over. That's not living a bodybuilding lifestyle. That's, in a way, a little bit of a binge and purge, I call it. Where, in fact, this conversation is ongoing. Three weeks ago, we talked about post-show. We talked about the mindset. So if you're listening for the first time, go back and listen to one that was about three three um, weeks ago. Mm. And we talked a lot about post-show. And a lot of what happens is getting ready for a show shouldn't be the only goal. We talked about mm. that. But here's even, I'm going to take it a step further. Living a bodybuilding lifestyle isn't just, I have, I've gained 30 to 40 to 50 pounds so I'm going to do a show to get myself in shape. So there are people who use shows as goals to keep themselves motivated throughout the year, but that's its own thing. Using a show as a way to lose 40 to 50 pounds, to me, I don't think is something I would recommend. I would start by taking it slow, getting your body fat down first, live there for a while. Okay, live there for a while, let your hormones, let your body adjust, let everything kind of even out, get used to it. Try to drive the calories up. Don't live in poverty from calories for an ext for extended periods of time. And then and take this from a much longer period of time, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's interesting the way that you're talking about all this because the reality behind why we make decisions in general stem from what I feel are behavioral, psychological, social type engagements and environments, uh, surroundings, people, goals, expectations, right? So when you look at that facet as a whole, meaning what? Our existence, right? Our existence as a species, independently, maybe collectively, you know, maybe it's, a, it's, it's collectively with a group of people or, or maybe there's a team of some sort, but regardless, the ideas stem from an ideology. And when I think about bodybuilding, especially as a younger, you know, man or boy, you think about it in the development of our image as a man. You think about it in the development of the image as a human, right? As like, what are we shooting for? How do we see ourselves existing 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years from now? What do we envision ourselves doing? Who do we look like? What are we identifying with? How are we presenting that, right? So I think a lot of what I've seen specifically to bodybuilding, and this ties into many different facets of life, but with bodybuilding, I see people coming into the sport, including myself, with the idea to transform oneself. And that transformation kind of happens psychologically in phases, right? Where we're going through a one, two, or three year period, or maybe a six month period where we feel happy about ourselves, or we feel low about ourselves, or we have particular goals or agendas, or things we've set out to change, or we know we're lacking in some areas that we could be doing something else and so we're controlling something else in our we're life finding what works for you yeah because this is very individual a hundred percent so you know when you come into the sport like I did myself I came in with like I'm gonna come in I'm gonna rock this like sport <laughs> as much as I can meaning be the best version of myself how much can I do as fast as I can I'll be in here twice a day I'll be doing bigger PRs than everybody in here and the reality is like that's just not how our body works Right. And then there's the, well, yeah, you can lift and you can make certain gains in certain muscle groups. Like, yeah, you, I mean, you're, you can probably make your arms look pretty decent or your, your chest or your abs a lot, maybe faster. They're smaller muscle groups. Right. So you might be able to grow those a little bit faster than, let's say, your glutes or your quads or your hamstrings. Some people. Some, some people. Right. But I like what Arnold said, you know, like we're trying to take our body and mold it like it's clay. And when you kind of start to see that transformation happen, 
throughout the, you know, the course of time over one, two, three, four year period. For me, I, I kind of get a little bit of addicted to that. A little bit like it's it's positive for my mind. It's positive for my body. There's a tremendous amount of health benefits long term. So why am I not looking at this more in not a short term type mentality and bridging it into like, this is something I might be doing the rest of my life. The quality of what I'm doing for my mind, for my body, for my health, it's all changing. And it seems the further down the path I get with this, the more I'm getting out of it. And so it's like, well, wait a second. Is this something we should all be doing? Should we be worried about jumping, standing, grabbing, pushing, pulling? I mean, I don't want to be 91 years old and not be on stage bodybuilding. Like that guy's up there moving. He's posing. He's jumping. He's walking. He's you know bending. He's shifting. He's grabbing. He's doing all the stuff we do as bodybuilders. Where some people at 91 years old, they're in walkers or, you know, they can't walk, right? Like... And based on the feedback from um, the, the last few gatherings, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with this concept. Like, it sounds great. Yeah, I want to live this bodybuilding lifestyle. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to stay fit for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm going to make all these gains and I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. How do I do that when there's down days, when there's life hits, you know, unfortunate things happen in life, all of those things. Like, how do we even maneuver there? Or all of this just chaos of information out there that's telling me the things that I should be doing, the foods that I should be eating, <laughs> yeah. the correct macros, the correct carbs, yeah. correct fat. I should be doing this, that, or the other thing. And I'm just going to tell you a quick story. So I can get, I relate to this completely. So when I started, there was only the bodybuilding division. This was over 20, 20 years ago, like 22 years ago. And during that time, the bodybuilding wasn't what it was. There wasn't social media. There wasn't all this information out there. So there was, it is still a word of mouth, but it was very word of mouth. But it definitely wasn't filled with as much chaos and misinformation, I don't think, as much as there is today. Because a lot of people are making money, so they're using ways to, you know, collect audiences so that they can get you into their ecosystem mm. to make money. Versus bodybuilding back then... I remember there was a certain eating pattern. There was foods that I would go to that were kind of, again, chicken and the fish and the egg whites. I remember having 11 egg whites one time with no salt, no <laughs> oh ketchup. God. Took me a long time to like eggs again. So during this time, I mean, did I make gains? Yes. Did I do exceptionally well? Yes. But you know what happened? There was a period in my life where I kind of backed off the pedal. And I just decided I wasn't going to focus on um, so much of the strength gains. I just didn't want to eat as much like that anymore. So I kind of backed off the pedal, gained some weight. Hmm. Oh, I know what it feels like. All of you out there are like, I gained weight. I'm up all this weight. Da, 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 da. So I understand what that feels like. And then there was like a moment where you're just like, bless and release. Okay, so I gained all this weight. I do love the gym. It is my therapy. So I started to change the way I looked at things mm. and it was no longer doing a competition. It was more, I'm going to the gym because it's my therapy. It's my meditation. I get great ideas when I'm at the gym, believe it or not. Things mm. will pop in my head because it brings me in a, in a mind space where it clears everything noise and allows information to come in. Mm. And then because of that, I wanted to fuel my body appropriately. And I always, for me, concentrated on protein which we're going to get to in a second, really want to talk a lot about protein. So for me, I just started to do that. I made sure to focus on my protein. I didn't focus so much on, you know, what's right, what's wrong. And I focused on gym as my therapy. And guess what happened? 
all that weight just seemed to come right off. And I looked like I could do a show. And I was like, oh my God, I was able to do this without torpedoing into a show, without this aggressive protocol, because I now can do a show, but I didn't have to do any of that. That's absolutely bonkers. And that was like a giant epiphany mm. for me, where it was like, I don't have to be like this. I just have to look at it bless and release, look at it from a longer picture, a longer time frame, yeah. and be consistent, yeah, let, and the magic happens. Let's unpack that a little bit, right? Like, what she's saying is that she she found what she wanted, where she wanted, when she didn't expect it. And I think that comes from existing in a way where you are more reactive and not so much focused on the why of what we're doing, why we're doing, and where we're going with it. So, you know, bodybuilding is it tends to be the secondary thought. It tends to be the, I want to lose weight, let's use bodybuilding. I want to do show, maybe let's uh, let's set a goal to get healthy. Let's do some bodybuilding and weightlifting. Like, it's, it's not the first thought in that, like, well, let's take water, for instance. You need water. We all know it. What's the first thing we do when most of us wake up? We drink some water, wash our face. We do things that we know are Coffee. in this. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. not water. Uh, there's water in that. I'm pretty <laughs> sure there is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, we do things in a way where we've programmed our minds to be proactive, to, to be preventive, and build this into our habitual patterns throughout life over time, as opposed to being reactive, oh my God, I broke my leg, I need to go see a doctor, and now we're just bandaging it and getting it back to functioning again, as opposed to, I don't want my leg to ever break. How can I be proactive about that? Well, that's a good analogy. You know, maybe bodybuilding might allow me to do that. Maybe I should look into this maybe a little bit longer. What is it I'm really thinking about this for? How is it going to benefit me long term? Is this something I can build into my habitual patterns? It doesn't need to be an all or nothing free for all right at that point because I'm not going to go drink four gallons of water in a day. Well, no, I mean, too much of anything is too much, right? So. It's striking that balance emotionally, psychologically, subconsciously, and understanding the existence as to what you're doing, why you're doing it, and moving in the direction in the ways that you can quantify your existence through the patterns and, and habits that you develop long term, right? So I tend to try to focus in and around what I'm doing, not just bodybuilding, but all my habits in a way that balance them out so that my existence long term is positive and reinforcing for my existence what I'm looking to gain out of this world, out of this life uh, in the ways that I want. And so that allows me to make a little bit more calculated decisions, allows, allows me to go down the, the logical thinking of the if that then this and weighing the pros and the cons and understanding like, yeah, I didn't go to the gym five times this week. I went three times. Is that going to hurt me for 30 years? No. In fact, the recovery might be good for me. Maybe my body needs that recovery. Maybe I hit the week before a little bit too hard. Do I need to be down on myself for that? Do I need to beat myself up because I went to Dairy Queen last night and had some ice cream with my girl? Hell no, I don't. Like, I understand the balances, the risk versus reward. I understand what my existence wants to be 20 years from so now, hold on a 30 second years here. from now, Hold on right? a second here. So we, we love the gym. As you know, we have like 8,000 gym memberships. We yes. travel the country looking at gyms, all this stuff. We went to Dairy Queen. Just saying, we had a little bit of a date night. We, we did. It's walking distance, we about did. a mile from our house. We did. And I have to tell you guys, so this this 
entity right here is has <laughs> has a tendency to be very very rigid with his um he tests out a lot of different theories and he'll be very dedicated to that so you had a journey this year where yeah. you did a lot of different food you tried different ideas with foods and tested out different theories you tried the raw food you tried you know no you know, like all meats i mean he'll try anything and i think it's important <laughs> to test out and see what works for you so anyways so imagine going from like raw food eating all protein all this stuff like drinking oil and all of a sudden we walk to dairy queen we get in line and we're looking at the menu and we're like what is all that <laughs> what do we even get there's so much on there oh my god and you know what he says huh. all of it all of it okay yeah. so we yeah. get up to the counter yeah you didn't go for the extra large, which I was surprised. So we got the blizzard. It was a large still, though. I don't, you know. <laughs> With everything in this large, and I, I don't, like, I'm surprised they were able to fit it all in. Very, very methodically. I wanted to make sure that, so she wanted vanilla ice cream, so I, I made sure we had vanilla ice cream with the turtle. So we got turtle clusters in there. So then we got with the chocolate, the caramel, and the nuts. So then I'm like, what are we missing? Well, we're missing the peanut butter. We're missing the hot fudge. We need a little bit more chocolate because it's chocolate, right? And then I was like, but we don't have any cookies, so we need some cookies in there, right? And then the only thing left is like the Butterfinger Heath thing. And then the little boy behind me goes, I'm getting pink ice cream. I go, what the hell's pink ice cream? Oh my God, freak out. This kid knows what's up. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, yeah, pink ice cream for the so longest he's, time. He's I'm like, I've had this whole thing planned out. I'm standing in this line. No, I you're finally not standing, got. You're and a kid throws pink ice cream at me. And I'm going, what is pink ice cream? Oh, it's strawberry ice cream. So, oh, yeah, there's strawberries too. Like, so he's not standing in line. He's pacing. He's talking to everybody. Oh, he's yeah. almost like this getting amped up, fired up. This is like a big moment. This ice we cream. get up to the counter. We <laughs> order it. It's only like $6. I'm like, how are they staying in business? Oh, my God. We're both looking at each yeah. other like, oh, my God. We can, yeah. we can eat a whole, a whole bunch of food here. So we're the only ones. By the way, the, the line's a mile long. <laughs> it's like 1,000 degrees here yeah. at the moment. We're the only ones that are moved to the side, to the closed <laughs> window. We get moved to the closed window well, after was, our order. Um, atrocity of ice cream <laughs> to wait it was called a blizzard i guess this <laughs> is new to me to wait for our order and, uh, and so then while we're waiting you remembered we forgot whipped cream <laughs> oh my god yes yes whipped cream right so we get yes. the we get the blizzard we get the whipped cream yes and we start to walk away and well first off he takes the whipped cream and puts it on my nose because he's got to do that of course this is part of living a bodybuilding lifestyle <laughs> it this, is this ties back in make just bear count. with us make it count bear if with you're us gonna have the blizzard eat the freaking blizzard and go all out <laughs> so we get moved to the side we, we get the extra whipped cream he puts it on my nose yeah i walk around and I, I look at everybody and wipe it off i made sure everybody saw it on my nose and of course he wipes it off eventually so then he's like, give Only me a, give I me a bite. Cream, you know? <laughs> give me a bite. You got to get the whipped cream in the in the bite. So I get this big old scoop, and you think like, you know, <laughs> anticipation. So he has the first bite. I haven't seen you. Oh my God, his movements. I haven't seen. It was like he. Was I was excited. Skipping. I was embodying the little boy behind me who was about to get the pink ice cream. Who was excited about? It. Although I didn't get pink ice cream, which means I got to go back to get a little bit more pink ice cream. But he turns to me and he says. What did you tell him what you said to me when you turned? Which uh, said, You had the which, bite. Yeah. He's skipping his way. Like, I, I haven't seen anybody. I don't anybody. remember like, skipping. Imagine a tail wagon. I don't so excited. remember like, any of yeah, that. All of this was going yep, on. Nope, the energy, the vibration yep. was so excited. You turn and you don't remember what you said what to I me? What did I say? Wake me up with this. Yes. And I you will get yes. me to do well, because I woke whatever up cranky. you yes. want. I woke up cranky that day. That <laughs> happens. That happens. And I was like, look, just wake me up with a, with a blizzard and... 
I'll be happy. You know, I'll do anything you want. <laughs> Listen, the point of the story is that there's balance. It's healthy balance, healthy habits, and healthy patterns that will reinforce the existence as a whole. Don't, you know, and I'm not trying to preach here, but don't try to, you know, go all or nothing in any direction with an expectation of, you know, whatever that is you set and not expect there to be some sort of repercussion. Because it's the expectations that we set long-term, short-term, and, repercussions. And the repercussions from that. You might have a freaking good time, people. You might actually enjoy that blizzard and not feel guilty about it. You yeah. might actually pack it yeah, with yeah. everything they have on the menu. Walk away and go, yum. But let's talk about amazing. that. Let's talk about it a little further. <laughs> did we know that that blizzard fit within our macros for the day? Not yes. really. Well, I did. For me, it didn't. I did. I knew she, what I She didn't eat all day, so she knew she day. was going to... Yeah, she knew she was going to be a little naughty that day. So she was like, oh, I'm just going to skip a meal or two. And... I didn't skip any meals. <laughs> what I did do was align my macros and made sure right. I got my... Right protein in. Right. Let's talk about that. So, and this is what we do. So whether or not, you know, it's right or wrong, doesn't matter. That engagement for us romantically, personally, individually, it filled us up. It made us happy. It made us better people psychologically, subconsciously, and we had a good time together. But we did still very legitimately and logically plan it out to some degree. We did know that that fit within our allocated calories or energy surplus for the day, you know, and we knew how to kind of position that in and around everything else we're eating. We always make sure that we get our protein in. This is always. something that we, we eat diligently. You can pretty much can't eat over protein. If you can, let me know. I have four or 500 grams of protein in a day. Can you imagine? If you could do that more than six months at a time, I'd be curious how, how that's working out for you. But regardless, you got to get in your protein because it's it's an amazing macronutrient. I actually think that's been my secret weapon because I think a lot of people bank way too much on hormones. Because there's, let's be real, I mean, anabolics will help you to grow, but they grow everything. So if you grow everything. But I actually have, like, I don't really have high testosterone. I have low testosterone. I don't have these extraordinary numbers. If you actually look at my numbers, I'm normal. I don't think that my test is, it's actually on the low side when the last time I did it. But what's crazy is if you look at the volume of muscle that I've been able to achieve over the years, that wasn't from testosterone, you guys. So how is it? We, we, why is it that we put so much like into mm. anabolics and testosterone and hormones when to me, I think my secret weapon is protein. Yeah. Ever since, you know, I started sure. training, I always, I remember being at a clinic and it was some nutrition thing. And I remember the guy talking about protein and I remember him, I remember told, telling him what I was eating for protein. He's like, wow, that's way too much. That's way too much. Your body's not going to be able to do anything. And I'm like, well, I'm, that's what I do. I focus no matter what. I was going to a wedding, going to a function, a picnic. Didn't matter where I was going. I always made sure to get my protein. And I've always had a very high level of protein. Let, let's back that up a little bit now. Let's break this down like fundamentally. What does it mean to be a bodybuilder? What are like some of the key resources or tools or things that we're doing on a daily basis that are different than maybe the average human who's just not bodybuilding? Blizzards. Like, yes, blizzards are mandatory, okay? <laughs> Peace of mind moments, right? So we're very calculated with our recovery. We're very calculated with what we're eating. And we're very calculated with our gym time. These are kind of some of the main pillars. And then those pillars, they break down in different subcategories. So with our food, we make sure that we, we're getting a certain amount of calories in for our day based on our current goals. 
and our goals can deviate, whether we're getting ready for a show or not, whether we're trying to gain some more muscle or hit some PRs, or we're trying to lean out, or where we're in and around, maybe we have some injuries we're trying to work through. So that'll kind of change where our calorie base sits. Um, and then recovery is obviously very important. We don't want to ne neglect ne recovery. So we do our best to make sure that uh, our recovery is to our fullest. I'm a big fan of Whoop. That's something that I wear that kind of helps give me some more insight in and around my recovery. And then, of course, gym time. Like making sure that no matter what, we're getting to the gym a few times a week to at the very bare minimum maintain what it is we've built over the time we've been working and, and then also work towards our, our goals. And when you're at the gym, for us, it's a long, it's such a long-term thing for us training. Uh, so we focus on lifting. We prioritize lifting. We don't do cardio. We don't, pri we don't look at that as a tool. And to me, that's lifestyle. You should be moving. I think you should be focusing on just moving your body, mm. not mm. A, like an actual cardio. So like after that blizzard where there was no punishment, there was no extra cardio, in my head the following morning, I was like, oh, I should have actually a pretty good amount of energy for my lift today. So the goal for lifting is to be able to get stronger. And that's something that happens over the time. And I feel like a lot of people, they change up their workouts way too soon. I feel that there's a lot of accessory work that people tend to throw into the workouts for variety because there's the fancy new workout that the influencer just posted. And so you want to go and do the same thing. Yeah, it's, but it's what simple. It comes down we can to, push things, pull things, right? We can, we can pick things up. We can throw things. It's about it, right? Like it's all a variation of the that. The big movements. That's it. Getting stronger at the big movements is something that we focus on. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and it's understanding your goals, understanding the perspective of why you're doing it what you're hoping to achieve out of it, and then putting in your priorities based around those goals. All Consistency. All, all based on expectations. Consistency comes from the expectations we set. We make sure there's clarity around that. Luckily, I have a great support, support system here with my wife where we're able to communicate frequently about what we're doing. If we're changing things, whether that's through our diet, our recovery, our, our work regimen, our training regimen itself, we bounce ideas off each other. We're always kind of reading new material, staying up on current science. By the way, guys, like, we do have data now, like it is being released more and more frequently by, by people that are doing studies that are giving more insights to what we're doing. Of course, you could check some of the other episodes we have with Bill Campbell or That's Dr. Guermo or Mike T. Nelson or the list goes on and on and on of all the people that we've continued to kind of interview and go through like, where are we at? Where's modern science at? What have we learned? And how can we apply that into what we're doing today? And then always weighing, you know, the pros and cons for long-term benefit versus short-term reward and making sure that, you know, the blizzard night, it was absolutely worth it. And I don't feel guilty about it. In fact, I'm going to go get me some pink ice cream. What's up? You know, <laughs> he like... feels like he's missing out on the pink ice cream now because you were told about the pink ice cream. I'm saying, I'm Next saying. Next time. But that's the thing. It's something to look forward to. And it's not something to feel bad about. In fact, there was a period where... What I purposely would do is I would have these dark chocolates in my nutrition. I would just fit them in my macros and just have them. Whether I wanted them or not, I would just have them. Because then you kind of lose that like tabooness that mm. comes with eating foods that are what people think are bad. I don't think there's anything that there's bad. I feel that there's better foods for you for nutritionally nutritional value. Yeah, right. Risk right? versus reward. I mean, you can have a, a piece of chocolate and feel great. The endorphins will feel great. Your taste buds will feel great. You'll get some carbs in. But is that going to give you the same quality of energy maybe a, a half a cup of rice is going to give you to do some legs? No. No, it's not. You know what I mean? So having 
the right expectations set for what your goals are and then knowing to make those decisions based around it and how that's going to affect everything else is important. I also think logging is very important. 100%. So for me, there's not one workout that I don't log what I'm doing because you will forget. You think, oh, well, I'll remember what I did. No, you won't. Sometimes if I don't log it quick enough, I might forget, did I actually get that many reps or did I not? Mm. Ugh. So you have to make sure that you log that and track it. And again, changing the workouts too much it doesn't give you a chance to progress. And that I, I think a lot of people, every four weeks, they want to change their workouts. I don't change my workouts every four weeks. I change them maybe every eight. And if I do, it may not even be the actual exercise. It may be the reps. It may be the sets. It may be something along those lines. Because I do think that there are exercises that, to me, should just always be in a program. I don't think that scaling things out so that I can do some little bit of band work, you know, <laughs> to change things up. I don't think that's going to help. To me, focusing, yeah. especially now that I'm in my 40s, I, I am much stronger and I have more muscle today in my 40s than I did ever in my life. I feel that if I actually competed, I might, I'd be curious to see my improvements at this point. Mm. So to me, it's always about improvement. Mm. But to improve, you've got to get stronger. You've got to track it. You have to see that you're actually making progress and to me, that's the lifestyle because we, the shows come and go. We, we track everything. We track but lifestyle we, is the rest of your life. We, we track our weight. We track our recovery. We track our food intake and calorie intake. We track our, our, our workouts at the gym and our progress with the, those particularly. And then we kind of use all the different data points among many others that we kind of get, a, I get a little obsessed about. And we try to make educated decisions in and around what that data is telling us. So we also see our doctor frequently. We get blood work done frequently. Every we make year. sure that we're healthy within a certain range of what we consider to be healthy, what our doctor considers to be healthy. Um, and that was actually important for me. I was having, I was getting dizzy. This was about, I don't know, three, four months ago. I was getting very dizzy after workouts. I was lightheaded. My ear would clog after I would do, my heart rate would go above 160 and it would stay with me for the entire day. And during the afternoon, I was just flat out exhausted. Mm. So I was telling you, like, I need a nap. And I was just so tired and I ended up getting blood work done and it said that I was dehydrated and I was like, dehydrated? How am I dehydrated? I drink, even my doctor was like, you drink enough, but I didn't get enough electrolytes. There were certain electrolytes that I was not getting enough and that's another thing when it comes to lifestyle. It's yeah. not just what you eat, it's the quality of what you eat and making sure that you're getting your salt, your potassium, your calcium, your magnesium, for sure. all of those things. Yeah, my, may have macronutrients, fats, proteins, and carbs that break down into calories. And then there's micronutrients, all your vitamins and all your minerals that are in and around our bodies and how they affect how our body functions, how our brain functions, how we recover, right? So prioritizing this, does this mean that we're going to go get Dairy Queen every day? No. No, we're not going to go. Get, well, maybe, but you know, <laughs> no, we're going to prioritize it. It's going to fit into our schedule where it belongs. We might plan it. It might be a spare of the moment. It, it depends on where we're at with our life, but it's not, it's not a binge and purge either. It's a striking a healthy balance and patterns habitually long term. So that we know, you know what, it's, it's not a big deal if I'm going to do this thing over here. It doesn't really matter if I'm going to do it when I'm going to do it because I'm okay to do it. Now, if I'm doing this every day, all day long, and it's the only thing I'm eating, and, you know, it's like it's nutritionally bankrupt. It's not really that healthy for me long term. It was fun, but now I'm neglecting my physical and mental health. It's not going to be long lasting. There's a risk versus reward. Short term, a little bit here and there. Could be fun, could be great. And I think Long it's term. incredibly important to have that mindset before you even think about doing a show. 
the show should be something that is fun. You maybe want to see, like our bodies are clay. You want to see us sculpted and see what it looks like, mm. and or a, an amazing goal to do with your family. But it shouldn't be the thing that you feel is going to change your mindset around food. You've got to have a healthy mindset towards food. And I will even go as far as to say, I don't feel a lot of people getting ready for shows are coming in lean enough. Because I feel that a lot of people are using a show to just do a show and they're, and they're not really seeing, the getting the body um, to be lean and in good shape year round. They're using the show as that marker and they're not getting lean enough. And I think that's something to say because somebody asked how lean is too lean. And I'm like, there's really not that many people that are really that lean. Mm. I'd say somebody asked her, like, what's too lean for a show? And to me, it's like there comes a point where you have so many striations. You are gaunt. You look very ill. Yeah. That's too lean. But besides that, it is bodybuilding. Bodybuilding is a sport is an extreme sport. This, the competition side of it. Let's yes. talk about health a little bit. Let's talk about, when she's talking about getting lean, we are trying to talk about the, the lifestyle behind it. Competing is a part of that lifestyle, so we do get a lot of frequent questions in and around competition, being ready for the competition, and what does that mean? How do you come out of the competition? But there is the rest of our life, not just the competition. We are full-time bodybuilders. That starts in the gym, that starts in our home, that starts in the way we eat, the way we communicate, what we do with our priorities and our goals, and then there's the competing side of it and that's a little bit different that's just another segment of it so I want to talk a little bit about what you're saying with being lean and the idea of, of food in general and I know you struggled with this in the earlier years maybe 20 years ago when you were starting and whatnot people would kind of frown upon your eating habits and and the regimented discipline that you you put into place because of what you learned your body can do with food right to me, and this is my opinion, and yes, now I am a little bit biased being a bodybuilder and being in this sport, I feel bodybuilding in general is a healthier lifestyle than everything else out there. And what do I mean by everything else? Not understanding what we're putting in our bodies every day, not quantifying its results, not knowing what it's doing to us internally, how are we utilizing it for energy, what's it going to do long term, how's it turning into different substrates within our system, and how is that affecting us long term? What can we do with this if we stack in one direction or another? If I increase my calories, if I lower my calories, how does that affect me? How does that affect my internal health? How does that affect my recovery, my sleep? How does that affect my performance, my mental health, my abilities to be creative as an artist? Do I have more energy? Can I perform more at a gym? To me, to me, this is like just being a better, healthier human. It's like, why are we not quantifying this stuff anyway? Why is this stuff we're not doing every day? Why are we looking at it as something that's different over here? This weird, disciplined lifestyle. To me, we just took everything a step further, refined it, learned how to utilize these properties, these tools, these components, and then implement them into a lifestyle that benefit us to make amazing decisions to be able to do things. Because basically getting ready for a show is just tapering down your body fat. That's that's really the, the, the thing that you're doing. You're not making these extraordinary gains in the gym anymore. That's what you were doing the rest of your life, your rest of the year. Mm. What you're doing is you're tapering your body fat down. That's a very specific thing. And then you do the show, but you have to come out of the show. When I say come out of the show, I'm assuming you got lean enough. Those of you who are still coming in and you probably were eight weeks out, for example, or you're still just, you still are carrying body fat, so your hamstrings and your glutes aren't tight. So that's to me like, I don't care what division you're at, your glutes and your hamstring need to be tight, so I'm gonna give you that. Or abdominals, you don't wanna have body fat in the abdominals. So if you got to the show and you weren't that lean, you shouldn't be reversing out of it. 
I think that if you were going in absolute chaos, torpedoing into that show, you need to dial back that pedal to the metal. But if you weren't lean enough to the show, there's nothing to dial out from. What you have to do at that point is stay there. To me, get stay there, get your body comfortable, because it's probably a pretty healthy body fat if you weren't that lean. You're probably in really good fitness shape. Stay there so after the show, don't be going on a bender or don't be going on this grandiose reverse. To me, I would try to sustain as much as possible and make it more of this lifestyle because then later on, when you look to do a show, the goal would be to be at a relatively lean body fat so that it's not as difficult to get you ripped. Ripped takes a lot of pain tolerance and time to get there. And, and, and that the doesn't journey necessarily doesn't necessarily mean... have to be so bad if your body fat is pretty, pretty lean year-round. And it doesn't necessarily mean healthy either. I think that's something that you and I have both learned. Are you talking about ripped for, for stage? I'm saying, that, you know, when you see these influencers or you see these bodybuilders who are stage ready, who are doing photo shoots, who are on stage performing or posing, and they're ripped stage ready, that doesn't necessarily mean healthy. In fact, it's an extreme sport. In, in fact, the competition side of it, when you are that lean, it can be detrimental to your health. It could be detrimental to the way your hormones function, the way your bodies function, the way you deal with fluids, the way you, you recover, the way you deal with stress. So understanding that that's a short-term part of this sport, it's actually, it's really nominal. It's really nominal. And, and we're talking about the people who have striated glutes. We're talking about people that are ripped, not somebody who feels hungry because they were deprived of calories. Doesn't mean you're lean enough for a show because you're hungry. It means that you're probably very deprived of calories and you're probably hungry. But getting lean enough is something completely different. And if you are that ripped, what Vasilius is talking about is you're probably, if you actually did blood work, you're probably probably not that good. <laughs> what, she, what she's talking about is, is understanding the different layers and levels that this particular sport has. Yes. And knowing the difference as to where you are in your journey and where you should exist within that segment of time that's going to benefit you long term like for me for instance right now i'm in i want to i'm in a want to build phase i want to get stronger i want to hit more prs i want to put more mass on i know i have a decent amount of time before i even consider a show so does that mean i'm gonna bulk like crazy and eat a ton no but it, it does mean that my body's calorie surplus needs to be at a little bit of a surplus you know, and that could be 200 calories, mm -hmm. 400 calories. It doesn't have to be thousands. Right. But understanding what that number is, that's where the science gets very interesting. And by the way, nobody has a number. Everybody has their own number. Everybody's energy expenditure out is different than their energy in. Right. Everybody's daily requirements are going to be different. Calories are a marker. They're just a starting point. I right. love that you said that because somebody just asked, um, Vicky just asked, what's the recommended body fat level for shows? Listen, it's not, <laughs> listen, it's not a body fat percentage. It's a look. Yeah. Nobody's up, up on stage. None of the judges are walking up on stage with their calipers. You know, no one's doing a DEXA scan of everybody before <laughs> they come out on stage. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. And let me tell you, I'm going to go a step, a step further. The more mature your muscles are, the more time you put into this, there's going to be a growth of muscle and a look to your muscle that's going to change over time. Yeah. And a great way to test this is if you have higher body fat levels and you can still see cuts, you have mature muscles. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so a good example. What I'm trying to say is, yeah. let me just finish that thought real quick. So again, it's not a body fat percentage, it's a look. And it's going to look different on you 
from compared to me and compared to him, men versus women. It's a, it's a def definition and it's also relative to the category. But what I would say as a blanket statement, statement comfortably is get lean enough so your glutes and your hamstrings Aren't, don't have a lot of body fat on them. You're killing me on this. Let's talk about what it means to be lean. First of all, nobody has x-ray <laughs> vision. Nobody. And if you do, man, let me know because we need to talk. <laughs> you know, like nobody's got x-ray vision. The only way to truly understand your body fat percentage, the most advanced educated tool we have that I'm aware of is DEXA. Caliber uh, testing can be useful. If you have the same person who's extremely precise, who understands what they're doing and can utilize math, okay, then they might get you some answers. But do they have x-ray vision? Is that substrate? Is that fluid, <laughs> external fluid that's in your body or is that fat? How do we know what fat is or isn't, okay? I went from 185 pounds to 205, 20 pounds. I have more striations and more cuts in my muscles 20 pounds heavier than I did at 185. So help me understand something here a little bit, right? Help me understand, did I just put a ton of body fat on? Hmm, I don't think so. I don't think so, and I did it in, in a very interesting amount of time. The point is not, not my journey, is that the body's a very complex mechanism. And what we have for tools and information out there to, to truly quantify its existence, what's fat, BMI, things of this nature, what your weight should be or shouldn't be, how much fat you're holding or not, substrate, internal fluid versus external fluid in the muscles. What, where are all these tools quantifying all this stuff? How, how are you getting the miraculous, my metabolism is fat functioning faster because I, had apple, because I had apple cider vinegar, all of a sudden my metabolism's fast. I get the hell out of here with that, man. It's, it's ridiculous. There's no way that the body it could function and refunction at such an, an internal speed that we're able to then identify it and quantify it without some legitimate testing or logical you know tool to to really to quantify it and so, nobody cares <laughs> from the judging panel what your numbers are they care they're doing a visual comparison so what's healthy for you so what's i'm i'm healthier at a heavier weight i'm stronger in the gym i have better output i have better recovery i've used tools to quantify that how well, I, I weigh myself every day. I can see the fluctuations within my weight, and that could be fluid. I can lose five pounds in a day. In a day. Okay, fluid. Just water, electrolytes, salt, potassium, right? Meanwhile, Magnesium. five pounds come over here, and they find their way. Okay, does day. that mean I put fat on? I don't know. I'm not laying under a DEXA scan every day, three, five times a day. Okay, I did a body, a body fat scan the other day at the gym. We have this really cool body fat scan, or this, this scanner. It's a weight scanner. It's a camera, does a 360 model of you, takes images, thousands of images of your body. It's supposed to tell you your body fat percentage, your muscle, your lean mass. You know, it's supposed to tell you, it, it, okay, all right. I did a pre and post workout, a little obsessive because that's the way I am, right? <laughs> Pre-workout, pre my weight, what it was. Where, where and how I stood. It also measured my, my posture, which was very cool. It told me, you know, like if I had slight scoliosis and things of that nature based on the images. Very cool stuff, right? Okay, I, I did this. I worked out. I did a longer workout, two and a half-ish, three hours, a little bit longer. You know, I had some time in between. I had some snacks and I fueled up with, fuel, uh, with fluid. I had electrolytes, magnesium, potassium, sodium, right? So I drank maybe a good anywhere from three quarters of a gallon to a gallon and a half of water, and I had a little bit of food. I had about a half a cup of rice during this this time. So I weighed, I weighed myself, I used this 
machine, this tool to quantify my existence through body fat, lean mass, and, and weight, pre-workout and then post-workout. The differences were significant in a few hours. In a few hours. Not only did I obviously have more potential size, right? Because it didn't quantify my body mass, lean mass, or body fat percentage any more or less. Everything just increased upward. And so, somebody just asked about accuracy. Yeah, so let, let's talk about did I, did I put five pounds of body fat on in three hours? Is that how the body works? Is that how we oxidize food for fuel? I don't think so, right? But according to this, this scanner, I could have at least gone up three or four percent. 0.3 or 4% my body fat percentage, and I went up a few pounds. So I'm going to quantify that as substrate. Physical mass. I had food solid in me. I had liquid in me. But you know what was wild? Was the posture side of it. The camera with the posture side of it, it took my body where I was leaning heavy in one direction. I had mild scoliosis with my spine. And after working out, everything had almost corrected itself. I was standing up more straight. My body was a little bit more in line with what they would call equal. So why is all this important? That's pretty amazing. What, it's, it's the point that all these are tools to help us make better decisions. It doesn't mean that these numbers are 100% accurate. It doesn't mean that I'm walking around 205 pounds with 17% body fat because that's what my scale told me. No, it just means that these are data markers that allow us to understand how our bodies are functioning. How they're changing and evolving over time. And the more that we utilize more tools, the more we kind of play around with these different equations, these different theories, these different markers, the more professionals we work with over time, the more we really learn how our bodies are functioning. And that, that's an amazing thing for me. That's an ongoing science project that never ends. And our bodies are always changing. So, you know, don't so, get lost in the minutia of what you think is supposed to. Don't get lost in the numbers. Don't get lost in the fads and the diets and the this, that, and the other. This is a lifestyle. Bodybuilding is a decision. A decision that when you understand that we can take our bodies to a healthier environment long term, that we can utilize it for more things physically, Physically, meaning functionally. I can pick can you things guys up, feel the throw passion? things. I can grab things. Passion. I can jump. I can do more because I'm bodybuilding. I'm stronger as a human. Like when we start to quantify its existence and we start to quantify the results based on this bodybuilding life existence, it's just a healthier way of being, period. It's just what it is. Forget about the short-term results of losing 30 pounds or this, that, and the other. This is a long-term thing, at least for me. Well, I'm just saying. And on that note, time, patience, and consistency. So thank you for joining us today for a discussion <laughs> about the bodybuilding lifestyle. Obviously, we're very passionate about, about it. Vasilios is ready to muscle and push everybody out of the way and just tell you with all of his might that this is patience, consistency, yeah. and a complete lifestyle. And if you end up getting that blizzard, pack it full. And, and tag me, <laughs> and I want one, and pink ice cream. Apparently, that's where it's at. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us. We'll be back again next week. we got a lot week. to talk about. We'll be back next week. We'll Absolutely. be talking about more. And, uh, Keep chatting with, with us in the group. We've got a little private chat discussion definitely. going as well. Which Focus on you. Fun. Focus on what's important for you. You know what's best for you. You make the decisions for you. If you're walking around 400 pounds ready to have a heart attack, I think you, know, you have to have another in-depth conversation about your overall health 
versus if you want to be stage lean and do a bodybuilding competition. These are two totally different spectrums of the, of the environments and the lives we, we live. So this is bodybuilding focus. These are the conversations we're having. This is why we do it. This is why we're going to continue to live this life. This is why we're going to share this life with you. And hopefully, hopefully you guys will have a blizzard with me All and right. not feel bad about it. You know what All I'm right. saying? All right. Thanks guys for joining us. We will see you again next week. Take care. Ever wonder if you are posing correctly for your division? Learn to Pose is dedicated to taking out the guesswork on how to pose for all categories in bodybuilding. Learn five ways you can improve your posing skills in five minutes guaranteed at www.learntopose.com. There are free posing tutorials available for the bikini, figure, and men's physique categories and more on the way for other divisions in bodybuilding. It's free, so go access your free posing tutorial for bikini, figure, or men's physique at learntopose.com.